What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Jordan Cruz here. If you've been following along through the audio side this offseason, you probably already know what this is, but I still feel the need to intro the clips nonetheless. So uh, what we have here is the audio taken from our April 13th live stream over on the Country Roads webcast YouTube channel, doing our Q&A streams weekly throughout spring football. Be doing them again once the fall rolls around for the football season. So they're a lot of fun. And although I appreciate you tuning into this audio version, that really means a lot as well, no matter what podcast platform you're taking it in on. I'd love to see you in the chat live for the next live stream. We'll do another one again next week. And then, of course, we'll have one recap in the spring as well. So still a couple more chances left to get in there live. But even if you are listening to this here on the audio version, we appreciate that as well. When you tune into any of the Mountaineer Sports content we produce from the Country Roads webcast. But I'll stop bad one and let you guys get into it. Here it is, the audio from our April 13th live stream over on the Country Roads webcast YouTube channel. Mountaineer Nation. Let's ride. But Don Nealon's Mountaineers enjoy walking in where angels fear to tread. As the hills of West Virginia resound with the sounds of Golden Blue Here's Harris in trouble. Stiff arms, a would-be tackler. Comes out of the 25 to 20. Goes around about it to 15 to 10 to 5. A touchdown with Virginia. He did it. to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. And now, the show brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into another CRW Q&A stream here as we continue through spring football, trying to cover the 2023 West Virginia Mountaineers. Got a ton of news topics to cover, some that have happened, you know, in the past since I've had the chance to talk to you guys, of course, and then whatever else that pops up along the way, you know, this this is the opportunity for you guys to kind of guide the conversation, do these weekly throughout the season, and then, of course, now with spring football going, we'll do them weekly here throughout the progression of spring football, this being, I guess, the penultimate one. We'll do one more next week, and then, of course, we'll have the spring game reaction as well in addition to this one, but definitely a lot of news topics to cover, some that just came out as recently as today. But before we get into those that came out today, I'm going to go back and discuss some that I should have discussed uh, probably prior to. I actually, uh, funny enough, recorded a video on one of the first topics that I'm going to talk about, and that's the addition of Kirk Kreza. I'm sure everyone knows about that now. For the West Virginia basketball team, number one player or not number one player, I guess, a top 15 player, top 10, I believe, in the transfer portal, but number one point guard in the transfer portal. West Virginia basketball adds him for the upcoming season. And funny enough, I actually recorded a video about the addition of Kirk Reza, right? Probably, I think it was the day it happened or the day after I recorded this video, 10 to 15 minutes. 
I'm working on my laptop trying to edit it and it crashes. And so I'm like, I'm just going to wait and just cover it in a live stream. So I'm just going to, I'm going to discuss that to start off as well as a couple other big, I guess you could say recruiting wins for the Mountaineers and players. They've got to come back and then we'll switch gears and get over to the main topic, of course, on the football side. But in the meantime and in between time, be sure to drop your guys questions, thoughts, concerns, comments, whether it be WU basketball, WU football related, whatever it may be, drop them there in the chat. We'll discuss anything you guys want as I continue throughout. Got plenty of, topics to uh, discuss here. Like I said, a lot of news has come up in recent days, but funny enough, um, I'd already done this prior to the uh, Kerr Kreese incident in which that uh, thing crashed on the laptop and stuff, but um, I got a PC. So hopefully finally now actually my mouth is matching with my audio. Hopefully things are a lot smoother and going to be a lot better quality from us over here at the Country Roads webcast now that I've made that transition, finally broke down and did it, transitioned from the laptop to the PC. I think that's going to solve a lot of my problems, Um, especially editing has been a whole lot more smooth. Uh, The conversion rate super fast, the upload rate super fast. It's really been blowing my mind when I've been uh, editing videos a couple times that I have, but this is my first live stream now that I have a PC instead of a laptop. So, uh, You guys let me know if I sound okay, look okay, anything's better, um, whatever. Hopefully it is. But uh, regardless, um, there's definitely Kirk Kreese news to discuss. So I guess I'll go ahead and pull that up first and foremost. Let me share this screen with you guys, and we'll talk a little bit about this edition for WVU Basketball, which I believe to be probably the biggest uh, transfer edition for WVU Basketball in quite some time. I'd say it's the biggest transfer edition in general for WVU since maybe Will Greer. As I take a sip of coffee there, I know the one that you could name would be JT Daniels, but I'm talking results-based. I guess Will Greer was really the one I go back to on the football side. But even if you want to go back to JT Daniels, I think this is the biggest WVU basketball transfer in the transfer portal era, really, that they've landed. Eric Stevenson was a big get for West Virginia indeed, and he ended up being a great player for the Mountaineers this year. But even he wasn't nearly as highly touted as a player like Kirk Kreese. Um, Let me talk a little bit about him here. Uh, This article coming from Jonathan Giovanni over on ESPN.com back when he announced his commitment to the Mountaineers. And the thing that I really like from it is the uh, quotes here from Kirk uh, Kreese. Um, I wanted to start from zero, Kreese said. I didn't want to go anywhere where I had pre-existing relationships. I need to challenge myself. I really like how they recruited me. Jade Koontz and the entire staff. And to me, that comment kind of stands out there in that sentence because I know originally when he entered the transfer portal, he was actually crystal balled to go to um, Xavier because of the prior connection to uh, Sean Miller, who had been the coach that recruited him to Arizona. Sean Miller, as we know, the coach at Arizona previously before going to Xavier. But uh, this shows that, of course, that wasn't ever the case. He wanted to, you know, have a fresh start, as he says here. And then the final couple sentences here is what really stuck out to me the most from his statements. He says, when I saw the old truck that Bob Huggins is driving, I knew that guy was loyal. Now I need to start playing some defense. And the quote about playing some defense specifically is what stands out to me the most, just because that's kind of been the main knock on Kirk Kreese is um, his lack of defensive play, I guess you could say, is the way that I would put it, is, you know, that's the one knock that people have stated about Kirk Kreese. But I like the fact that he comes out, addresses it directly, and knows that if he's coming to play for Bob Huggins, he's going to have to play some defense. So to me, that really speaks volumes. I think it's going to be a good thing that the one weakness to his game, I guess you could say, he's ready to focus on, and hopefully Bob Huggins can help him 
develop that side of his game because Kirk Reese is a player that's a pro prospect already. And if he can get better on the defensive side of the game, then he can really, you know, be a guaranteed draft pick, even though I think he probably already is. So I can't, you know, understate this enough how big of a pickup this is for West Virginia and for Bob Huggins. I know one of the big things people have been saying in recent years in regards to WVU basketball is that they haven't had a true point guard. That's been one of their downfalls. A lot of people have said is the lack of a true point guard. I mean, even Javon Carter, who plays point guard in the league now, Deuce McBride, excuse me, who plays point guard in the NBA now as well. Both those guys were kind of considered combo guards coming into West Virginia. And then Kedrian Johnson, I'm not trying to knock on him either, who led the West Virginia offense this year. We saw him have a ton of great games this season, 20-plus points. But he was, of course, a score for a score first guy. He was actually a defensive guy that developed into a score first guy this year in his final season, which I talked about a lot in the CRW Hoops podcast episodes. But I think – Getting Kirk Kreese, it gives West Virginia their first true, you know, quote-unquote point guard that you've had in quite some time, probably since, you know, Jawan Staten. And I think, you know, before then you had a nice run of what you would probably call true point guards, guys like Darius Nichols, Joe Missoula, you know, et cetera. But since, you know, probably Staten, West Virginia hasn't really had what I would call a true point guard, and a lot of Mountaineer Nation has been clamoring for that. Now with the addition of Kirk Kreese, you get that. And – um in regards to proof of how much of a true point guard he is, let me continue here in this article. Kurt Kreese's track, a track record of winning games as a starting point guard at Arizona is unmatched by any player in the NCAA transfer portal going 57 and 11 in the past two seasons as Arizona. So let me go ahead and restate that for you guys. 57 wins versus 11 losses in the past two seasons at Arizona, in which he was the team's starting point guard, and we know the point guard equivalent to kind of the quarterback of the team in basketball terms if you're relating it to football. So really he was a leader of that squad that won 57 games over the past two seasons and only lost 11. He won the Pac-12 Tournament Championship this season, helping Arizona to a number two seed in the NCAA tournament while leading the conference in assists and shooting 37% from three-point range. The prior season, he helped Arizona to a number one tournament seed as the Pac-12 champions, again leading the conference in assists. So the past two seasons led the conference in assists in the Pac-12 Power 5 conference, obviously, as we all know. Also uh, led them to a number one seed in the conference tournament. Great performances there and great seeds in the NCAA tournament, despite, you know, their performances in the tournament kind of being lacking in those two seasons. We know that Arizona was one of the top teams in college basketball the past two seasons, and Kirk Kreese was leading that squad. So if those numbers aren't enough proof for what how big of addition addition this is for West Virginia this upcoming basketball season and why I think it's the biggest addition for West Virginia in the transfer portal era. He also picked West Virginia over a slurry of schools. I mentioned Xavier already with the Sean Miller connections, but also Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Nebraska was the one that came up. They came within a visit after West Virginia. But, you know, I mentioned in my video that I talked about Kirk Carriza here on the channel that when West Virginia gets a player on campus, a lot of times that's the ceiling factor for the Mountaineers. Morgantown's a great selling point. West Virginia has great facilities in both major sports, basketball and football, and I think that played a good part in landing Kirk Carriza. But if his numbers, his winning record at Arizona, aren't enough to sell you, how about his – 
past experience playing in international play against players that are now professionals and stars at the professional level. As you see here, ending this article, Kresa, born in Estonia, garnered significant experience last summer at the FIBA Eurobasket as I accidentally uh, switched the tabs. They're still getting used to this PC and this uh, new mouse, excuse me there. Garnered significant experience last summer at the FIBA Eurobasket. His national team competed against the likes of Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, of course, we know Giannis, and Laurie Markkanen, making him one of the most battle-tested point guards in college basketball. One season of eligibility remaining, but we hope it's a good one here in Mountaineer Nation. So that was a great recruiting win for West Virginia, who actually already had the number one transfer portal class in the, uh, in the nation before the addition of Kirk Reza, West Virginia with the additions of Omar Silveria, who we talked about in the past, and the additions of uh, Jose Perez as well, who we've also talked about in the past. Let me share this with you guys real quick. Let me see if I can pull this up. Um, yeah, we know the transfers out for West Virginia players that played minimal roles the past season, Josiah Davis and in-state point guard and Jamel King, who only played in a handful of games. But now the transfers in for West Virginia, uh, two guards that we already knew about, Omar Silverio, the most recent one that I've talked about here on the channel, and then Jose Perez, we all know about well-accomplished Talked about him last season. Should have been granted a year of eligibility. Wasn't, but he's eligible for this upcoming season. Has said that he will return to the Mountaineer basketball team. So you already had, with those two in tow, uh, already had what was ranked by on three in many recruiting services as the number one transfer portal class in college basketball heading into this season. And then on top of that, you add the number one point guard in the transfer portal in Kirk Reese. So West Virginia doing an excellent job in the transfer portal. And just in addition to that, before I close out on basketball here and transition over to football, I'll catch up with some of your all's comments and uh, thoughts before I uh, get into transition over to football. So be sure to drop your WV basketball uh, questions, comments, thoughts, concerns in here now as I continue along. Not that you can't at any time, but right now I'm going to try and transition more into football news topics anyway. But as I do, just let it be known that West Virginia not isn't done in the transfer portal. Um, of course, we know um, they've had some recruiting wins as far as players returning. Talk about those here briefly really quick. Let me pull those up, actually, um, as I continue with you guys and discuss what else West Virginia is still targeting in the transfer portal because there's still some big names that they're after. I know that next week I believe that it's the recruit uh, John Hewley from Pitt that's going to be visiting the Mountaineers. But in addition uh, to that, uh, of course, we know West Virginia had two big recruiting wins. As I share these articles on the screen from WVSportsNow.com. Of course, we are a part of the SportsNow Network here on the Country Roads webcast and appreciative of them. But uh, Joe Toussaint announced he would use his extra year of eligibility to come back to West Virginia as a point guard. He was the best bench player for the Mountaineers arguably this season. Probably will fill that same role next season now backing up Kerr Kreza. In addition to that, West Virginia also had another recruiting win with getting another player to uh, use their final year of eligibility as well. And this one's very important, as I think he was a star player for the Mountaineers most of the season, as we can agree. Trey Mitchell returning for his fifth year of eligibility. So those are kind of the big wins for West Virginia, transfer portal-wise, recruiting-wise. 
the addition of Kirk Kreese, uh, the announcement officially of Trey Mitchell and Joe Toussaint using their final years of eligibility. But I also wanted to add that West Virginia is not done in the transfer portal. Still got some players on visits. I mentioned Joe John Hewley, but also Jesse Edwards, a forward from Syracuse, six foot eleven, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. 15 points a game, around 9 or 10 rebounds as well. So it would be a big, huge addition for the Mountaineers. Either one of those guys, if they could could secure a commitment from John Hewley or Jesse Edwards, those are big-time players in the transfer portal. So West Virginia is certainly going all out this season in the transfer portal, perhaps even more so than they did last season. We saw Bob Huggins really hit it hard and get a team back to the NCAA tournament. But I think this year he's even adding some really superstar-level type players, top players in the transfer portal, and I think West Virginia could have a much better team even heading into 2023 and 2024 that not only could make the NCAA tournament, we're talking about a team that could make a run and we're talking about a team that could compete for the big 12, but Kenny says great, better than it has been. What's going on, Kenny? Good to see you in here as always. Know that you're always loyal to tune in and chime in and always appreciative of you, Kenny. One of the best Mountaineer fans you'll find around, of course, is uh, Kenny here that you'll always find in the chat, but appreciate you, man. He says great, better than it has been. And I guess that's in reference to, now having a PC versus the laptop. So I hope that that means it's a lot better quality. Hope that my mouth finally matches my audio uh, for you guys. That's 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 good news. Uh, Matthew Zervo says, have you ever looked okay with the crying laughing faces? Well, that's uh, to be determined. Probably, probably not. Probably not. Okay is a relative term, I guess, right? <laughs> but uh, better, right? Better. Eric says, I like how aggressive we are already in the portal for basketball. I saw where if Bells plays football, they can use his scholarship and going and gain another one for basketball. Pretty smart. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's the uh, next topic I was going to trans uh, use to as kind of the transition point from basketball to football. I'm sure a lot of you have already heard about the Jimmy Bell news, kind of the breaking news today among uh, – Another thing that was kind of breaking up more on the football side, get into that as well. But uh, yes, that's, that's one of the things that I think is that stands out the most to me about this Jimmy Bell news is it's already been rumored that West Virginia you know, didn't have a ton of scholarships left. Uh, they were going to let Trey Mitchell and Joe Toussaint use their extra years of eligibility regardless. But it was rumored that if Jimmy Bell was going to come back, there wouldn't really be a scholarship for him, which would kind of leave him you know, he would have to kind of cover his own way if he wanted to be on the basketball team, I guess. But, you know, with the football news, he could maybe potentially earn a scholarship in football. Who knows? And that could, you know, kind of help him play both sports there potentially. Who knows? I'll get into more on that here in a second. Talk is Pitt. What's going on, brother? Good to see you in here, man. Uh, appreciate you always. Uh, Pitt fans are welcome. Any fan of any team, of course, is welcome here on the Country Roads webcast. We're all fans of college football in general, and I'm super excited for the backyard brawl. Early logical thoughts on the backyard brawl. Oh, man, that's I'd have to take a more deep dive on it. Uh, Pitt landed, who was it? Uh, the quarterback from Boston College. Is that who Pitt got? Uh, Jerkovich, I think is his name, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, West Virginia transitioning to a, you know, totally different type of offense, I guess you could say. Uh, quarterbacks who are more inclined to the run game, whether it be Garrett Green or Nico Marchio behind center. Slew of good running backs, good offensive line for the Mountaineers. I certainly think West Virginia, the revenge factor is going to be at play. So I'm expecting a close one, of course, yet again in Morgantown. But, you know, early thoughts, I think West Virginia is going to get them in Morgantown. Of course, talk is pit. I think that 
if it wasn't for the play that we shall not speak of, the drop that turned into a pick six that really decided the game. Last year, I think West Virginia was really doing some great things. They were moving the football well, even, you know, on that drive, that play was wide open. The receiver was wide open, and it was going to be a first down. And then the next drive, West Virginia moved down the field, just ran out of time. Reese Smith's ball just barely hit the ground. So I think we're going to expect another type of similar game. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe Pitt's trying to score a touchdown to tie it late and force overtime or win the game or whatever. I think it'll be a great one. I'm excited to see another backyard brawl. I hope to attend this one in person yet again as I got to go there to uh, Heinz Field, a.k.a. Acrisher Stadium, and watch that one last year, hoping to see this one in Morgantown with a rowdy crowd and hoping the victors come out on the good side, right, or the good guys come out the victors, right? I'm hoping West Virginia comes out on the winning side. That's just kind of my way too early thoughts. I think West Virginia is definitely going to be hungry and the revenge factors at play talk is pit, but appreciate you being here, man. Um Kenny says, nice setup. Oh, thanks, Kenny, man. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, got got some new pieces, got some new mini helmets. I added a uh, new thing over uh, over there as well. It's kind of similar to what they have in the West Virginia locker room. Uh, my dad, Eric, sent me that one. Shout out to Eric in the chat there. Uh, that's good stuff. But I accidentally turned my camera settings. I'm just now realizing when I changed my battery, that's why you're getting this kind of white uh, stuff down the sides here, which that won't be there uh, in the future, of course which I hold on one second. I'm actually going to go ahead and fix that real quick. There we go. Sorry about that. That's, that's literally been bothering me since I started, but uh, Kenny, I appreciate you, man. As always, Kenny says he loves the moves we've been making in football and in basketball. I agree. I think uh, this season, West Virginia is doing a better job in the transfer portal in football. You know, I mentioned in the past, I'm hoping they're following in the steps of basketball, because if you go back, not this past season, but you know, a season, prior to the 2022-2021-2022 West Virginia basketball season. Uh, West Virginia added some transfers from low-level players. I mean, low-level schools uh, didn't really, you know, Huggins didn't really know a lot about the transfer portal, I don't think, if I'm being honest with you, and it didn't really work out. Then this past season, you see them go out, add some more Power 5-level players, some more players that can help them a lot, guys like Eric Stevenson, Trey Mitchell, etc., Joe Toussaint, of course, and West Virginia gets back to the NCAA tournament. And I think you've seen Bob Huggins see that, and it's almost like he went, oh, Eureka, I can go out and really get some stud guys. And so now you've seen Jose Perez, you've seen Kerr Creaso, the number one point guard in the transfer portal. So I think the basketball side's learned it. And I think, in my mind, Neil Brown maybe took some notes from that. He's like, Bob Huggins kind of failed a couple years ago, much like Neil Brown missed last year on, you know, the corners that we added from the group of five and FCS level. I'm not going to call out names specifically. You guys know who they are. West Virginia missed on some of the transfers they added last season, and they're trying to do a better job this offseason. And I think they're doing a great job of that. I really like Montre Miller. I really like Keith. Sean Cobb. I really like, you know, the latest edition that we'll talk about here uh, moving on in, in the uh, live stream as well. But I agree with you 100%. Kenny, better moves in football and basketball on the transfer portal. Yeah, we got Jerkovich and a Penn State quarterback transfer. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. So uh, who do you think is going to start? Uh, talk is pick. Is it going to be Jerkovich? Because when y'all got him, I kind of assumed that he would be your starter heading into the season, but I'm not 100% sure there. Uh, uh, let me know what you're thinking. But uh, yeah, either way, I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a battle yet again. We will be much better this year, Kenny says. I agree, probably in both sports, probably in both sports, Kenny. Uh, but let me uh, transition over to some uh, couple more of these news topics real quick. You guys, of course, as always, drop your questions, call, 
thoughts, concerns, comments, whatever in the chat as we continue along, WVU basketball-related, WVU football-related, whatever you got there, of course, I'll address that as I continue throughout the live stream. But I want to touch on some of these news, news topics throughout as it's been kind of a heavy news day, actually, surprisingly. But let me wet my whistle real quick before I do so. All right, moving on. So uh, the Jimmy Bell uh, news was mentioned a little bit prior. I'm kind of use this as my transition from basketball to football because I guess this kind of falls into a little bit of both. I'm sure most of you guys have probably heard this uh, already, but um, Jimmy Bell actually practicing with the WVU football team currently. This news came out, and you know today basically is when it kind of broke. Uh, you know, six foot ten, two hundred eighty five, Jimmy Bell, starting center for the basketball team. Actually, was 300-plus pounds, I think, when he came in. He lost about, what was it, 80 pounds when he came in over the offseason, heading into the basketball season to get into playing shape. But prior to that, he was a football recruit. Um, actually, as an offensive lineman, according to the 247 composite, as you see here on this article on 247sports.com, as this news originally broke from Mike Kazaza, Bell was a three-star offensive tackle in the 2018 recruiting class when he played his first two high school seasons at Arthur Hill High School. He picked up early offers from Akron and Eastern Michigan, but was also receiving interest from Michigan and Michigan State, uh, where he took unofficial visits. Um, as we know, um, I talked about some of the visits for the West Virginia basketball team, Jesse Edwards, John Hewley. So both of those guys are, I think, forwards that would be more likely to receive scholarships than Jimmy Bell receiving another scholarship on the basketball side. So I talked about, you know, a little bit of this being a good transition for both parties, both Jimmy Bell, WVU basketball, and maybe even WVU football, depending on how it lands. But I mentioned visits from John Hooley and Jesse Edwards, as you see in this article. Iowa State guard Caleb Grill also is going to be on a visit um, this weekend, and he is a great three-point shooter, as we know, played a great part for Iowa State early in the season. But, however, Jimmy Bell, um, we know, played, what was he? Started almost, what is here? Here it is, uh, 75 pounds, so about 80 was right. Started 34 games for the Mountaineers this past season, averaged about five points and five rebounds, shot 55% from the floor. Basketball coach Bob Huggins repeatedly complimented Bell's footwork relative to his height and weight, which he said Bell used as an asset when playing football. Um, and then uh, – so that was kind of the early report from Mike Kazaza. I want to share that with you guys before I share this, which, of course, Neil Brown confirmed later in the day. Neil Brown actually wasn't scheduled to meet with the media today, but um, he did come out and address a couple of topics, Jimmy Bell being one of them, another one being a more unfortunate topic on the football side, which I'll touch on here in a second. But um, what Neil Brown said about the addition of Jimmy Bell, as you see here, this also coming from 247 Sports, this one from Chris Anderson rather than, Mike Kazaza, um, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Bell, like I said, on trial with West Virginia, essentially. And here's kind of uh, Neil Brown's comments to kind of confirm that addition. Probably going to try and get work as an offensive tackle. As I said, a three-star recruit coming out of high school as an offensive tackle, actually. So who knows? He could serve as a depth piece for the offensive line. But uh, G Neil Brown said, Big Jimmy is on trial with us. Coach Huggins and I had a talk at the end of March, and obviously you all know and followed as much as I do. There have been successful transitions for long guys. We talked and agreed to kind of make April a trial run. Two weeks he did drills. He started Tuesday in practices, Tuesday and Thursday. He'll have his third practice Saturday and practice through the spring game. But when I say it's a trial run, it's really a trial run. 
then it goes on to talk about him being a three-star prospect, of course, which I've already mentioned from the previous article. Neil Brown continues. He played football in high school before he went to Arizona in prep school. Obviously, he has great length. He's got size. He's got the demeanor y'all saw in basketball. He's physical in basketball. I don't really have any expectations for him, but it's a trial run. We'll see at the end of the month. He's got to make a decision on what he wants to do and if he can, and if he wants to go to basketball, and if he and he, he if he wants to go to basketball, he definitely can. And we've got to make a decision. Can he help us? Bell started all 34 games for the Mountaineers basketball team this season, averaging five points and five rebounds. Um, as I've already talked about. But the interesting fact here to talk about with this Jimmy Bell news, I think, that not you know hasn't got as much press, I think, with this, is that if he came back for basketball, it would be him using his kind of COVID year, his final year of eligibility, if you will, right? But if he decides to transition over to the football side, become a scholarship player or whatever, he has two years of eligibility remaining in football. And so to me, that stands out a lot because I think if he had only one year, I'm like, I don't know if you make this move. But I think for West Virginia football, why not give him a year to develop? You know, he's probably not going to play this year, but you put him through a whole season with Mike Joseph plus an offseason next year. Who knows? He could wind up on your two deep on the offensive line at the tackle position there in his final year of eligibility. I think he's got that type of potential. He's got great size, of course, as I said, six foot ten. And that's already, you know, as that's one thing I stated in our CRW group chat was even if he's on the team, six foot ten looks intimidating coming off the bus to opposing teams, right? So uh he's gonna put it on a little bit more of that. That weight that he took off probably he's you know as Huggins has said and we all know that's been the thing he's got great feet Jimmy's got great feet so um if he's athletic enough I think he could factor in a tackle and with two years of eligibility I think it's a win-win for both parties both Jimmy Bell WV basketball WV football for him to try and choose to stick with football like Neil Brown said there in that article he's got you know kind of a month to make a decision of if he wants to do this or not I hope that he does and I hope that he chooses to stick with it because in my opinion, if he chooses to go play basketball, I don't know if there's going to be a scholarship there for him. So he's probably going to have to pay his own way. But if he chooses to go football, he may have to pay his own way for a little bit there as well. But he could wind up with a football scholarship, have a year of development, and the next year play be, possibly be a role player versus being on the basketball team this year. He's not going to be a starter next season, especially if West Virginia adds either John Hewley or Jesse Edwards. Maybe even if they don't add either one of them, he wouldn't be a starter next season and probably not going to be a scholarship there for him. So in my opinion, I say let's see what this football move does. Stick with it, Jimmy, and I hope you do. But I wish uh, Jimmy Bell the best of luck, whether he chooses to stick with football or play basketball. And someone mentioned he could potentially play both. There's a little bit of overlap of the sports. But if he's on scholarship for football, that could be a way for Bob Huggins to have him on the basketball roster and not use the scholarship up as well. So very interesting there news that's uh the news that's came out today indeed indeed. Um, as Kenny, you know, uh, mentioned earlier here, Bell's going to football as a tackle. I think that'll be interesting. I know I heard Neil Brown mention maybe even tight end, but uh, we got a lot of bodies at tight end, and I just don't see it there for him. I definitely see him as a tackle on the offensive line as well. Um, Eric says he's supposed to play both. As I mentioned there, I think it's uh, definitely a possibility that he could play both. And I think this is maybe a way for him to be able to do that. Like I said, I don't know if there'd be a scholarship there for him on the basketball side. So if he can get it on the football side and then, you know, transition over during that, you know, couple weeks where the sports overlap or whatever, transition over to basketball, um, be a role player coming off the bench for the Mountaineers as a walk-on on the basketball team, it's definitely possible that he could play both. 
And that'd be very interesting, right? We haven't seen uh, players in recent years play both. I know in the past it's been a thing. You think of guys like Julius Peppers, Tony Gonzalez, et cetera. WVU related, we think of Jared Brown, but that's football to basketball. So this would be the opposite. So it's very interesting. I was certainly intrigued by this move, and I'm excited to see how it pans out. Uh, let's see where I'm trying to catch up in the comments here, guys. Let me see where I'm at here. Uh Silas, what's going on, brother? He says, hey, all let's go. Mountaineers, indeed. Let's go, Mountaineers, Silas. Appreciate you always being here, uh, tuning in, chiming in, as always. Uh, Eric says, I believe Renbreaker is really doing some helpful things behind the scenes to help. I do, too. But I really got a lot of faith in this uh, Renbreaker. I know a lot of people were questioning it, just him coming in, you know, from a lower-level school. But just in his small time here, right, we've seen the impact. I know that he made a large donation to the Country Roads Trust. We've seen Country Roads Trust have a record day in his short time here. I think they've had two record days, if I'm not mistaken. One when he was very first hired, and then one here recently in which uh, Ren Baker made a donation there in his own right. And then we've seen some great things happen publicly for West Virginia, right? Pac-Man Jones comes and visits. Um, he brings Chris Henry Jr. with him, which is great for the future of West Virginia here in a few years. Fingers crossed on that one. I think he's still only a sophomore or junior in high school, but he's going to be one of the top recruits in the entire country. So uh, I like the West Virginians, you know, trying to get a relationship going early there with him. But Pac-Man comes, you know, not only is his visit to WVU great, but then he goes on the Pat McAfee show. Right. And I don't know if you guys have had a chance to see that clip yet, but if you haven't, definitely check that out. Pac-Man Jones goes on the Pat McAfee show and talks to Pat McAfee, and both those agree that Ren Baker is really doing big things. And I think the quote, you know, you can find it for yourself. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but Pac-Man Jones says, you know, I love our new athletic director, and we got money now. We're, we're making moves in the NIL. And this was literally like a day or two days before West Virginia added Kirk Reza. So it's like not only is, is Pac-Man going on, you know, a national thing with Pat McAfee that a lot of people tune into and saying this, but then, you know, two days later, we're seeing the proof of what he's saying from Ren Baker. So I 100% agree to that. I think Ren Baker's really doing some great things, and I think that um, the, but the future is bright with him at the helm of West Virginia. Let's just try and keep him around and get the right pieces around him. We'll see what happens with this football team this year. Hopefully they turn things around. I'd love to see Neil Brown turn things around and have Ren Baker in his corner. And, you know, the West Virginia NIL seems to be thriving right now as my dog barks in the background. My fiance may have just arrived uh, back home. I'm not 100% sure. Sorry if the mic's picking that up, guys. But catch up with your all's comments here a little bit. Uh, continue to drop them in there as I go throughout. But then I'll touch on a couple more news topics that I have here, of course. Uh, the next one we'll get into a little bit more negative, sadly. But having said that, um, let's see what else we got here. Kenny says, I'm more excited about this year than last year. Kenny, I don't know if you're talking about this upcoming basketball season or this upcoming football season, but either way, I 100% echo that statement and agree with you. I'm, you know, and I think a lot of people probably aren't there yet on football, right? A lot of people are really negative. They're really down. They wanted to see a coaching change that they didn't get to see. And I understand that. I was there with you, I was in that boat. But now that I know what we have, I'm going to support who we have always as the coach at West Virginia. I'm going to hope for a win in every game, going to watch every game this season and hope for the best. But I'm coming around myself on football as well. A lot of good transfer additions. We'll talk about the latest one here in a bit um, as we continue throughout the stream. But 
a lot of good transfer additions that I've covered in the past year on the Country Roads webcast. You guys already know that. And I think one of the things that stood out to me, and of course I've covered this as well, is the transition of the offense as well, I think is going to play a big part. Uh, West Virginia's offensive line was really good last year in run blocking, struggled a little bit in pass protection. I think the additions of Graham Harrell and JT Daniels were kind of a square peg in a round hole, if I had to describe it. Unfortunately, that's just kind of how it turned out, not that they're not great coordinator and a great quarterback respectively possibly but just with West Virginia's pieces it just didn't really work but I think with what we saw late last season showed that if West Virginia transitions to more of you know what they have in their favor then they can really win some games we saw them beat up both Oklahoma schools one of which they hadn't beaten at all during their time in the Big 12 the other one they hadn't beaten in you know five or six years uh, saw them do that with the short you know time to transition that offense and now you have a full off season to really implement more of that offense, transition it more to, you know, tailor to fit the guys that you have, that load of running back room, the two quarterbacks that are mobile, the offensive line that's really good at run blocking, and, you know, some of the pieces that you've added. Cole Taylor at tight end can really help in the RPO game. You've added some speed on the outside. You've added some guys that can help stretch the field potentially, whether it be through the transfer portal or position changes. So I'm really excited, and I think a lot of Mountaineer Nation should be as well. One thing we've heard through uh, from a lot of Mountaineers is them talk about West Virginia is really only uh, successful when we have a running quarterback. We're really only successful when we primarily run the ball. Well, both those things are probably going to be true this season. So even if you think, you know, you're out on Neil Brown, you're not excited about the future of this team or whatever, you can definitely be excited about the fact that West Virginia is going to have a running quarterback. They're going to have a primarily run offense. And what do we know about West Virginia? They've had success with both those in the past, even in the Big 12. Look at West Virginia's most most successful season they've had in the Big 12. It came when they kind of went back to a little bit of what they were doing in the Rich Rod days. I think that 2016 offense, to me, it's kind of a mesh of what Rich Rod was doing with what Dana was doing and you had the air raid concepts in the passing game, but you implemented a lot of quarterback power, quarterback run game, read option and things. I think you'll see that this year and you'll see, you know, play action, deep shots. You had a speedy threat in Shelton Gibson that year. I think this year you'll have that as well. You'll have deep threats. And I think in addition to that, you also have the RPO, which really wasn't a thing back in 2016. It is a thing now. So you have the read option and air raid, with the RPO, West Virginia really has some weapons, so I'm excited too, Kenny. I really am. Blake Green, what's going on, man? 100% agree with you here on this comment. He says, I personally think Jimmy Bell will redshirt in football and play basketball, then have two seasons left in football. I think so too. I think Jimmy Bell comes on, and if everything works out and he looks good during this two-week quote-unquote trial run, as Neil Brown's calling it, right, uh, during these couple weeks of spring practice, I think, We'll hear maybe beginning of May or, you know, in the summer months, he just, he decided, you know, to stick with football. Neil Brown decides to give him a scholarship, right? So he's not a walk-on. He gets a football scholarship. Is on the football team this season. We won't really see him on the field this year. And then uh, he'll come back next year, maybe have a role. But with that football scholarship, of course, he's got his tuition covered. And then late in the end of the season, we'll see him transfer over to basketball be a bench player, be a role player for the team as a walk-on on the basketball side. 100% agree. I think this is that's why I termed it personally as a win-win for Jimmy Bell, WV football, WV basketball, Bob Huggins, Neil Brown, all parties involved. I think it's a winning situation because, like I said, I don't think a scholarship was going to be there for him on the basketball side. If he can get one on the football side and then still play basketball, that's going to be awesome for WV all around. 
Eric says, Julius Peppers did both back in the day. Indeed, that's literally one of the last ones I can think of. It's like Julius Peppers, and and I think Tony Gonzalez was before Julius Peppers. But those are the last two that I can think of that really played both. I know uh, Rico Gathers that played for Baylor, you know, last handful of years, played college basketball and then ended up transitioning to football after college basketball, got drafted as a tight end in the NFL, I believe. So that's kind of basketball to football, but that was post. He didn't really play for Baylor football, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this turns out. Uh, Matthew Zervo says, NIL goldmine or dead end, right? Uh, yeah, that's always the concern, right? With this NIL, NIL game right now, I know it's a big concern for West Virginia trying to stay relevant during these times. With all this, you know, people want to know, do West, does West Virginia have money? And for me, it's not an issue of West, does West Virginia have money? We've seen West Virginia has money with how they've been able to keep things afloat throughout all these years and stay relevant as one of the, you know, arguably top 20, top 15 programs in, you know, both major sports, college football and college basketball in the past, what, 20 years or so, right? So to me, the issue isn't really if the money is there. The issue is, is the money there enough to where you can split it between people donating to the university and people donating to the NIL? Because to me, that's the big issue for West Virginia. You might have some big donors, right? But can your big donors, say, split that between you know NIL and donating to the university? Because these are two separate entities. we got to keep that in mind. And you know, the average Joe may be able to donate $100 to the university, and that helps, right? But he can't, he probably can't donate $100 to the university and $100 to Country Roads Trust. So, do you diminish the funds of either one by him then going 50 50, or does he have to pick which one he thinks helps the best? So, I think that's very interesting. And there's certainly certain avenues you can look down. I know I've personally donated to Country Roads Trust and the university in the past, the MAC, of course. But when you donate to Country Roads Trust, you can actually specify, uh, I want this money to go to football, I want this money to go to basketball, I want this money to go to baseball, I want you to spread it around. So it's it's really interesting with this NIL. Not only do you got to think of NIL versus, you know, your athletic fund, your MAC or, or whatever, you also got to think of NIL of each specific sport because uh, that's that can be broken down that way as well. So it's – it's a crazy time in college sports right now, indeed. Uh, indeed, Matthew. Uh, already, already uh, pulled up Blake's there. Uh, Eric says, Pat Man and McAfee on the show, great words. I agree. I think that was really good for WVU. And I think that's one thing we've seen in the Neil Brown era. You know, we've talked a lot about him doing everything right but winning, right? And that's one thing we've seen throughout his era is bringing in more players from the past. That was a big complaint during the previous regime that players didn't really feel welcome. We've seen more players from the past come in during the Neil Brown era, and we've seen, I think, in turn with that, West Virginia maybe get more spotlight nationally, and that's big, especially because West Virginia hasn't really been successful during that time frame, but they've still managed to stay relevant to where they're still a talking point nationally, and it really helps when you've got guys like Pat McAfee, a WVU alum, who is a – you know, one of the biggest names in sports right now, you could say, right? So I think that's great, and you've got to continue to try and accommodate that guy so that he continues to promote you because that can be a weapon for you as WVU football, as WVU sports, university in general. You've got a big name like that that's public nationally. That can really help promote your brand. 
Jimmy Rollins. What's up, JR? Good to see you, bro. All those big-name QBs y'all have had, and the only one to get 10 wins in the Big 12 is an underrated Skylar Howard. Hey, man, don't be hating on my boy Skylar. You know how I feel about Skylar. Uh, I mean, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, we've had some big-name quarterbacks in the Big 12 era. I mean, really, Geno Smith, Will Greer, you know, you name them. But uh, Skylar was the one to get it done, and that's also a reason why I think you should be excited for the upcoming season if you're a Mountaineer fan, right? Because you've had these big-name quarterbacks, but you've been trying to be pass-heavy. And the one year that you were successful in the Big 12, what did you do? You were more 50-50. You may have even leaned more run-heavy. Wendell Smallwood led the Big 12 in rushing. Skylar Howard was a weapon on the ground for the Mountaineers that season. So I think for the Mountaineers, if you're talking about turning things around for Neil Brown, if you're talking about things that are really trying to get you a silver lining to be happy and be excited for the upcoming season how about that West Virginia is going to rely more on the run game again they're going to rely on the read option they're going to have quarterbacks that can run the football and the one time West Virginia was successful in the Big 12 was when they did that so I think you know with when you talk about Skylar Howard and when you talk about the upcoming season those two things correlate more than I think people realize and that's one thing I've been trying to push here on the Country Roads webcast and I'm going to continue to do so um, you guys continue to drop your questions, thoughts, comments, concerns there in the chat. I'll catch up with them in a minute. Got a couple more news topics I want to touch on uh, before we get too much further and I catch up with your all's comments. I know I'm a little behind here, but I'll catch back up before we close out. I'll stay here uh, with you guys as long as uh, the engagement's there and as long as the comments are there until I get caught back up, of course. So don't be scared to drop in there along the way. Even if I'm covering another news topic, I'm going to get into a couple more. I've got two or three more to touch on here. Uh, but let me take a swig of this coffee and then uh, let's transition over here. All right. So as I stated earlier, heavy news day for West Virginia. The two main news topics that really came out were very unfortunate, and those were kind of well, that they weren't both very unfortunate. One we've already discussed, and this one is the more unfortunate one. But they were the two news topics that Neil Brown uh, met with the media today to discuss, uh, despite not having a scheduled appearance. As I said, they had some player appearances. I believe you had Jared Bartlett, uh, Jalen Anderson, Hershey McLaurin player interviews today released on the university's official YouTube. Check those out if you haven't already. But Neil Brown met with the media as well to discuss two news topics, one of them being the Jimmy Bell situation, which I've already covered, the other one being more unfortunate here, and that's the news that, unfortunately, West Virginia's highest-ranked recruit on the defensive side of the football, the player that I'm sure a lot of us were very excited about for the upcoming season for the Mountaineers. I know this is the player that I personally was most excited to watch in the spring game coming up in just a little bit over a week now the son of an nfl legend in jeremiah trotter josiah trotter a four-star recruit for the west virginia mountaineers an all-american recruit for the west virginia mountaineers west virginia had two all-americans in this recruiting class one on each side of the ball we know rodney gallagher coming in on offense he'll be here in the summer be here for fall camp was the one on offense but on defense you had josiah trotter at linebacker he had enrolled early here in the spring Neil Brown and the team had discussed that he was going to play a role this upcoming season, was going to maybe even factor into a competition to be a starter at the wheel linebacker position. That's the type of potential he has. He came in already ready to play one of West Virginia's biggest linebackers already as an 18-year-old freshman, six foot two, 230 pounds. Unfortunately, the news broke today, suffered a lower leg injury this week in spring practice and will miss the 2023 season. So unfortunate as it is, as we know, he would have been a piece for the Mountaineers this upcoming season, and I think he's a future star for West Virginia. If you're looking for a silver lining, I guess he gets to go through a whole season, you know, just 
getting his body right, learning the system, watching from the side. And next season, he will probably transition immediately into a starting role, whereas this season we may have had to see him spill a guy like Lee Cobra or something like that. So when you see him on the field, you see him as a starter if you're looking for a silver lining. But it's hard to find a, a silver lining when you're talking about news as devastating as this, or at least as devastating to me personally. As I said, this was the guy I was most excited to see play for the Mountaineers you know, in the spring game and one of the uh, freshmen I was most excited to see this season, as they'd already mentioned, he would play a part. So sad news here. Let's uh, see what they have to say here in this article. I think it's got a little bit of a Neil Brown's comments, if I'm not mistaken, Uh, lower leg injury. um, Let's see here. I got Neil Brown's comments somewhere on this. Uh, Maybe it's in this other article. Let me pull up this other one real quick with you guys. I believe it's in this other one over on the university's official site, actually. Okay, here we are. Coach Neil Brown made an unscheduled visit to the media room, as I talked about earlier. He indicated that true, a touted true freshman linebacker, Josiah Trotter, suffered what he termed a lower leg injury during last Tuesday's practice and will be lost for the season. Trotter, a four-star prospect from St. Joe's Prep in Philadelphia, was getting valuable reps at linebacker this spring and was a contender for playing time this fall. Six foot two, 230, as I said, All-American. Turned down offers from Penn State, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Miami, countless others to sign with West Virginia. Brown said Trotter is expected to have surgery later this month. Um, his return is at the very end of the year at best, so I'd say he's missing the year. He's had a really rough six weeks, but he's practiced enough for us to know he's going to be a star. So how about that comment right there? He already says, not only does he say he's going to be a good player for us or anything like that, he says Josiah Trotter is going to be a star for the Mountaineers, and that stands out to me here. Um, I love the kid, and I hate it for him more than anything for what he's been through, Brown added. So that's kind of the comments in regards to the uh, sad news from Josiah Trotter. Let me try and catch up on some of your all's comments here before I get into my final news topic that I've got, and that's the latest transfer edition for the Mountaineers. I know you guys probably hopefully saw our video already on the Country Roads webcast that we released this morning on the latest edition for the Mountaineers via the transfer portal uh, coming in uh, the form of a Power 5 edition this time. We know the West Virginia needs secondary help. They've added a body. They will probably still add yet another body in the secondary. Neil Brown's mentioned as well as other pieces once that transfer portal window opens in May. We'll probably hear about more of them. But despite the fact of the transfer portal window being closed, players that have already entered the portal can, of course, commit to programs. West Virginia had that happen with this latest commitment, a player they offered back in the beginning of March. Um, Let me try and pull up this here uh, for you guys uh, momentarily. But let me catch up on your all's comments in the meantime. Blake Green says, I know a lot of people want Garrett to move to the slot, but we would have had to add another quarterback because if Garrett gets hurt out, at wide out and Nico gets hurt, we wouldn't be looking good. Yeah, I've got I've got a thoughts on on the quarterback battle. Um, hold on, just one second. Let me uh, get a swig of my coffee one more time here, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you. I got, I got some thoughts on that. I, I agree with you though, Blake. Ooh, much better. I swear my mouth's so dry tonight. I'm, I probably need some water more than coffee, but get some more of that after the stream. But in regards to the quarterback battle, Blake, I I, I don't think Green's gonna move to the slot, especially not this season. West Virginia really, you know, they got three scholarship quarterbacks on the roster, one of which is a true freshman in Sean Boyle. He has enrolled. He is going through spring practice. No Brown has had some good things to say about him as well, um, saying that, you know, Sean Boyle's more athletic than they kind of thought. They kind of, I guess it kind of turned him as a, 
a pocket passer more than a runner, but he has shown that he can run the ball as well. We know that Nico Markiel and Garrett Green both have that dimension to their game, so it's good to hear that Sean Boyle does as well. All three quarterbacks appear to have uh, similar skill sets in that aspect. But in regards to Garrett Green moving to the slot, I know that's been something people have hampered for in the past. I don't see that happening. But here's what I think, personally. I think Nico Marchio will be your starting quarterback this upcoming season. I know that's been rumored already in the past from you know, websites and multiple other parties as well, and uh, people think it's a done deal. I'm not saying that personally. I, I guess the competition is going to continue, and it's certainly going to continue publicly. They're not going to name a starter until fall camp because the simple fact of the transfer portal opening in May 1st, they need to get through that portal window without losing either Nico or Garrett because you don't want to have just one scholarship quarterback and a true freshman quarterback and then all preferred walk-ons. they got to keep Nico and Garrett both in the fold for this upcoming season, in my opinion. That's one of the reasons I think, no matter how clear-cut it is, they will not announce a starter until fall camp. But in regards, in a, excuse me, in addition to that, I think that if it is Nico, like I personally believe it will be, that you will see packages for Garrett Green to be on the field as well. Whether that be at quarterback, whether that be in the slot, who knows, He's not going to transition to the slot because he's going to obviously be the backup quarterback, and I think that there will be packages for him to be involved so that he doesn't hit the portal and run off. But I agree with you. I don't think you're going to see Garrett transition to the slot permanently anytime soon, maybe ever at this point. Who knows? But he's certainly well entrenched in that quarterback battle. Who knows how it'll turn out? Like I said, personally, I think it'll be Nico, but even if it is Nico like I expect it to be, I definitely think you'll see Garrett Green still play in the fall for the Mountaineers one way or the other. Matthew Zervo says defensive end. Hey, why not try him on that side if it doesn't work out on the offensive line? I agree. You know, six foot ten. You want him on that roster somewhere. Six foot ten, and he'll probably be 300 plus pounds. I'd say they'll put some more weight back on him. Um, he lost, you know, the 75, 80 pounds, whatever it was. So um Kenny says Deion Sanders was one of the first to do two sports. Indeed, Deion Sanders and uh, Bo Jackson maybe the pioneers of that. I don't know if there was anyone before either of those two, football and baseball, for both those guys. Uh, great point there, Kenny, of course. Matthew Zervo says Sam Clancy from Pitt played football. So uh, appreciate you pointing that out as well. Didn't know that. Some, uh, some more multiple sport guys that went uh, back and forth. Chad Atkins says D.C. stated they have simplified the D., Two things. Do you think our corners can cover the on the outside, and can we get pressure with our base front without bringing linebackers? Here's what I think. The base front pressure without bringing linebackers, I'm a little concerned about just because it's a lot of new faces, right? You're bringing in new guys on that defensive line. I think Sean Martin has good pass rushing capabilities, but I think West Virginia has a guy at the bandit that can be an X factor in my personal opinion. I know we've seen Jared Bartlett have good days there in the past, but I think James Hurd could be utilized as a pass rushing specialist, much in the way of Bruce Irvin. If you guys remember Bruce Irvin, when he came in from the JUCO, his first year he really only played on like third downs and pass rushing type downs and still ended up, I think, second or third in the nation in sacks that season. And his second year was when he uh, factored in more to a starting role. I wouldn't be surprised to see James Hurd play a type of role for that, like that for West Virginia this season. And I think, you know, you, you won't really have to bring a blitz in passing situations if you get him on the field because I think the defensive coordinator and Neil Brown have both talked about him being the 
best pure pass rusher they've certainly brought in during their time here, and I think they're expecting him to play this fall, and I think that'll kind of be his role because I don't expect him to be a starter, but they said he'll have a role, so I think that that's what it'll be personally. So if you're talking about getting pressure with a base defense, I think on passing downs you can do that with James Hurd and maybe even with Sean Martin as well. I think he has good pass rushing capabilities. As far as the corners covering on the outside, I think we've got a lot better chance this year than we did last year. I'm really high on Montre Miller. I think he's going to be a dude this year. I think he can do it on that side. I think the other side, it just depends on how it turns out. Um, we know Jacoby Spells had his moments last year. He's still young. We know Andrew Wilson-Lamp. Is he ready yet? And then, of course, we got some, like I said, Washington's got another another body probably there, and we've got one more to talk about, and that's a great transition uh, to discuss that, Chad Atkins. So I appreciate you bringing that up. But I think on one side, on the outside, Montre Miller's, I think they're good. The other side, I think I'm to be determined because it's either going to be a young guy or a person that I don't know a lot about yet. Um, if it's one of the young guys, I'm personally expecting it to be Jacoby Spells, and I've got faith in him as well. But we've got to see it first, right? We've got to see it first just because he's young. But uh, with Chad Atkins' comment, I want to transition over to my final news topic just so I can get that out of the way, and then I will catch up on your all's comments and thoughts here before we close out. Uh, but that just transitions great into it, so no better time to bring it up uh, then now, I already covered this in a video earlier today on the channel. Hope you guys have checked that out already. And that's the addition of another transfer defensive back for West Virginia. And I think he'll factor into that competition on the other side at corner. And if he doesn't end up winning that spot, he may end up factoring into uh, playing a little bit of spear for the Mountaineers. He's played a little bit of slot corner, but primarily outside corner in his past. But let's talk a little bit about Beanie Bishop, uh, the corner of the West Virginia Mountaineers added from Minnesota. Like I said, video on the channel out today. Hopefully you guys check that out. If you haven't, definitely check that out. I even shared a little bit of his highlights there in a video clip uh, during that video. But I thought that this was a great point brought up by Mike Oste, of course, over on WV Sports now, that Beanie Bishop helps boost WV football in multiple ways. I talked a little bit about him factoring in as an outside corner on the other side. For the Mountaineers, I think he'll factor into that competition and play a role there. Five foot ten, 185-pound addition, one year of eligibility left, making him player a player simply for this year, of course, as Mike Oste puts out. But he's a veteran, right? He's played four years at Western Kentucky. He's played a year at Minnesota. But not only is he a veteran playing corner, but he also has great experience as a kick returner. Um, 32 kick returns, 800 total yards during his collegiate career to go along with 76 tackles, eight and a half of them being TFLs, 12 pass breakups, three interceptions, and one forced fumble. So I think that he's good, a guy that can definitely be a piece for the Mountaineers this upcoming season. And I think West Virginia is really looking to improve their special teams this season, particularly in the return game. And we've seen a concerted effort of them to do that this offseason, right? They've already added Deshaun Polk, who we think is going to factor in there as the kick returner. Now Beanie Bishop maybe could be back there with him and maybe be in the competition for the punt returner role as well. I think Jeremiah Aaron's a guy that has potential that's already on the roster. We saw him as the Mountaineers kick returner for a lot of last season. We saw Preston Fox has good uh, moments as punt returner towards the end of last season. And West Virginia had some of their better games. And then, of course, you've got other guys that could factor in there. We know we've seen them test out pretty much all the running backs there. Davis Mallinger, one of the fastest players on the team. Andrew Wilson Lamps, really speedy. But uh, bringing in Beanie Bishop, you get a guy that has experience there. So don't rule out having two transfers as your main kick returners, Deshaun Polk and Beanie Bishop. And maybe one of the two is your punt returner for the Mountaineers uh, this upcoming season as well. 
Um, and that's just kind of what he closes this article with is talking about the same kind of things there with the specialists. So I think the addition of Beanie Bishop is a good one for the Mountaineers. B- Bishop with the Golden Gophers for one season, 29 tackles in that season, one sack, one pass breakup, played in all 13 games, but played in 36 games prior to that back in Western Kentucky. So he's played at the group of five level, been a star, played at the power five level last year, more of a role player type role. So got experience all over college football. Great addition for the Mountaineers to add a veteran piece to the secondary. And we know the secondary is vital to seeing West Virginia improve as a team in 2023. That secondary is going to have to improve in order for them to be able to do so. So as we talk about that, I just wanted to pull up one more time. This was also, of course, featured in the video there on the channel. Um, Be sure and check that out if you haven't already, um, as I talked about the addition of Beanie Bishop a little bit more in depth. But if you guys have followed along throughout the offseason here on the Country Roads webcast, you know I've been doing the roster updates. I've been doing the transfer updates. And this is the article or the Google Doc, excuse me, I've been showing to cover the transfer updates. As you see, the transfers out. Haven't had one of those in quite some time. Won't hear another one until at least May for the Mountaineers. And maybe, fingers crossed, won't hear of too many when that comes out. But the transfers in here, of course, all of these have been covered in their own separate video here on the Country Roads webcast channel, which while I'm talking about the channel, if you're in here watching this video live, do us a favor, please, if you're on YouTube, hit the like button, hit the thumbs up. It only takes a quick second free for you, but it really helps us a lot here because it helps not only this video's performance, but our future video's performances here on the channel as well. And if you're a WVU fan, college football fan, college sports fan, whatever, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Helps us, helps you, helps get more of this Mountaineer sports content out to Mountaineer Nation. And we really appreciate that. And even if you're tuning down the playback, you can still hit that like button and that subscribe button really helps us a lot. But wanted to get that out of the way here as I talk with you guys. But like I said, all of these transfers been covered in their own individual video. The transfer is in for West Virginia that will help this 2023 season. I've talked about a few of them here. Deshaun Polk, a wide receiver from Kansas State. Montre Miller, a defensive back from Kent State. Cole Taylor, a tight end from LSU. Day-Day Hawkins, a defensive lineman from Tennessee State. Michael Hayes, a kicker from Georgia State. Keyshawn Cobb, a defensive back from Buffalo. Devin Carter, a wide receiver from NC State, receiving rave reviews in spring, believed to be the WVU's number one receiver heading into 2023. Fatorma Mulba, a defensive lineman from Penn State. And then, of course, the one that we're talking about most recently, Beanie Bishop, the defensive back from Minnesota. And interestingly enough, right, the three uh, transfer defensive backs West Virginia has added all with a little bit of alliteration to their names. I pointed that out in my video today. You get Montre Miller. Keyshawn Cobb and Beanie Bishop. And as a fan of alliteration myself, I've got to love it. But that's all I've got as far as news topics, guys. But wanted to discuss that uh, with you guys in case you guys haven't had a chance to check out that video. But definitely check out the video I dropped on the channel earlier today in regards to the addition of Beanie Bishop. I'll talk a little bit more in depth about it and play some of his highlights while I do. So you get to see a little bit of his play firsthand there so that um, is a great way to learn more about him but let me catch up with your all's comments and then i'll get out of here before too much longer appreciate you guys tuning in tonight great engagement here with our fourth q a stream here of the spring like i said do one more next week and then of course we'll have a spring game 
uh, stream, hoping to do one pregame. I'm going to be up there for the spring game, hoping to do one pregame from the stadium. And then definitely we'll do a postgame stream with you guys here on the channel. So definitely a few more live streams coming throughout the spring, but always the best uh, chance to get your questions, thoughts, comments, concerns in here. And I'll catch up on those before I wrap up here on this uh, week four Q&A stream on the uh, Country Roads webcast as we continue through WVU spring football practice. Uh, Blake Green says something good is happening because I saw Pat McAfee comment Q Country Roads on a tight end's top three Twitter posts with WVU in it. That there you go. That's that just kind of goes back to what I talked about a little bit earlier, right? When you got a guy as public as Pat McAfee now, West Virginia seems to be getting him more engaged, getting him more involved, getting him more into the loop, and he can help promote, he can help even recruit to an extent, right? So I think that it's a it's a big thing, and I and I love to hear that, Blake. Hopefully, West Virginia has some more uh, great additions coming down the line. I know for next year's recruiting class, I know we've been talking a lot about Neil Brown's recruiting. He's done a great job of it since he's been here, right? We just need the wins to come. But looking at next year's recruiting class, they're got a great chance to land another four star quarterback that's a really high ranked player in the 2024 recruiting class in Samaj Jones. It looks like it's down to West Virginia and Cincinnati at this point. Uh, Coos, our friend over at Coos Corner, did a great video talking about it. And West Virginia looks like they have a great chance to land Samaj Jones, a four-star quarterback. So good things are happening. I'd agree 100% with you, Blake. Uh, whatever sport it is, basketball, football, I think good things are happening. And we just got to hope that the wins come along with that, especially here on the football side. We saw basketball turn it around this past season, get back to the NCAA tournament. So hopefully football can turn it around this season. Let's get back to a winning record, get back to a bowl game, and, and see where we can go from there. Uh, Kenny says, how does that happen in spring? They got to take care of players. I know, man. I don't like I said, no details on it. Close practice uh happened. I don't know if he meant Tuesday is in Tuesday of this week or Tuesday of in the previous week. I'm thinking as Tuesday is in the previous week because shout out to Nick Ski, a subscriber here on the channel, always commenting on the videos, doing great things. I put out a roster update back on uh April 10th, I believe was the roster update. Uh for you guys to check that out. I think it was April 10th. But and he commented uh there may be some injuries that'll change, you know, the roster. And at the time I thought he was talking about maybe injuries that already occurred, but you know, once that news broke today, I commented to him and I was like, man, I know what you're talking about today. And I hate that it had to be a player. I was so excited to see, but yeah, I agree, Kenny. I don't know how that happens. I know. And, but you know, it, in, in the defense of, you know, the coaching staff, et cetera, it very well could have been a non-contact injury as well. A lot of these knee injuries that happened today, in my opinion, seem to be because of the artificial surface. The turf and stuff can cause a lot of injuries. And we've seen that happen here in, you know, recent years of college sports, uh, college football specifically. So, um, yeah, who knows? But I agree. I hate to see it. And, and it stinks when injuries happen in spring, man. That's one thing when you're going through spring football, you kind of got your fingers crossed through the whole, you know, month, month and a half or however long it is that you don't hear of any major injuries to your major players. And that's personally kind of why I'm glad that West Virginia is keeping Zach Frazier more or less out of spring football. I don't want to hear of any you know major injuries along that offensive line, especially when West Virginia has the cohesiveness they do right now along that unit uh, with all five starters returning and great potential for the future. Silas says, wish I could attend the gold blue scrimmage. I wish you could too, Silas, man. I'm, I'm hoping to go up myself. I'm um, trying to buy my tickets this week and planning to go up uh, next Saturday. If you guys don't know, April 22nd, spring game at uh, 1 p.m., and they're actually doing a pretty good deal. Um, if you go to the spring game at 1, it's probably going to be over by 3, 3.30, you know, something like that. They run the clock pretty much the whole time through the spring game. It's, you know, they don't stop the clock. It goes pretty quick, moves pretty smoothly. I've been to – 
several since, you know, 2016. There was a period there where I was living in Florida and didn't get to go too many, but I try and go about every year if I can. I'm one of the few that actually enjoys spring football and enjoys the spring game. So, but they are running a great deal. Like I said, uh, the spring games at one on April 22nd, and then they, there's a WVU baseball game at four, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And I think the tickets for the WVU spring game and the WVU baseball game are both $10. $10 for the football game, $10 for the baseball game. So you can get both of those for $20. Go up to Morgantown, have a great day. Go to the spring game at 1. Go to the baseball game at 4 if you want to. So I think that's a pretty good deal. West Virginia's running right now. I wanted to promote that a little bit. But Silas, wish you'd be there too, man. Maybe we can meet up or something. But who knows? Maybe the season in the future we'll get a chance to do that. And uh, I hope to uh, see you at a Mountaineer event in the future. But uh, the good thing is now they do televise most these most these. I'm sure it'll be on ESPN Plus. Uh, I think they televised the spring game last year on ESPN Plus. So I'm expecting them to do that again, uh, April 22nd, 1 p.m. ESPN Plus. If you can't tune in, get to Morgantown if you can. Let's take a look at a new look offense, a lot of new pieces, new coordinator, etc. So, uh, indeed, indeed. Silas says he also thinks Nico will be the starter. That seems to kind of be the consensus right now, Silas, is that it's kind of Nico's job to lose. And I think personally, if I'm, you know, just outside looking in, uh, Nico's, you know, top, what, 20 recruit in program history, top five highest-rated quarterbacks in program history recruit-wise. And, you know, he came here to lead the team. He came here to start. Uh, late last season, we saw him playing some spot duty. Once Green went down, he helped lead the, to the victory over Oklahoma State. He had some really good moments. We've seen more of Garrett Green. I know Garrett Green kind of has a bit of a cult following, I guess you could say. That's kind of what I would compare it to. But I think in my personal opinion, if it's close at all, if the race is close, the competition between Garrett Green and Nico Markiel was close, you got to lean more towards Nico just because of the pedigree, you know, everything in regards to that. And uh, so I ultimately think it'll be Nico too, but that doesn't mean I don't think Garrett Green will play a part in West Virginia's season, this upcoming season. I still think that he will. I still think that he will. Uh, Blake Green says, I think Dick Garrett deserves the start to, to sit for three years and stay around, but whoever starts, I'll support it. I think we're going to go eight and four. Love that prediction. Love that prediction. Um, like I said, I don't really get into my, uh, record prediction until the season prediction roundtable show we do in August as a podcast episode here on the CRW podcast, one of our best performing podcast episodes every year. So be on the lookout for that in August once we kick off season six of the podcast there uh, once fall camp starts uh, to hear my prediction. But I think that's a good prediction looking at it. You know, I, like I said, I'll have to look at it more in depth. And once we get closer and that Western adds more pieces and things come more to light, I'll be able to add mine on that show. But I like that. And I think it's a great opportunity for Western to turn things around, regardless of if it's Garrett Green or Nico Marchio behind center. I think the offense is going to be more productive for West Virginia and more conducive to winning football games. Um, but I definitely think, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Garrett Green deserving the chance is one thing, and I would agree with that. Garrett Green certainly deserves the chance to start, and I think that's why, even if it is Nico, even if Nico looks great, you don't name a starter to a fall camp. You keep Garrett Green engaged because you don't want to be, you know, disrespectful of a guy that's been really loyal to you. And I think Garrett Green really loves this program. I don't think he's going anywhere personally, even if they were to name a starter. But I think they're trying to protect that by doing that. But him and, by all accounts, Garrett Green and Nico Marchio are actually really good friends, the best of friends is what everyone says. So hopefully both those guys will stick around regardless. But I think you name Nico your starter in the fall, you keep Garrett Green engaged, you get him on the field some, because he does deserve uh, – 
uh, you know, maybe he does deserve to start, but just because he's deserving of it doesn't mean you don't give it to whoever you think is the best player, which probably in my opinion is Nico, just because he's a little bit more adept in the passing game personally, I think. But who knows? I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. But regardless, like you said, he does deserve it. And because of what he's done for you, his loyalty, I think you reward that with even if he doesn't win the starting job, you get him on the field somehow in the fall. Which Silas here appears to agree with. Green is far too electric with the ball to not get several touches even as a backup. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. Uh, W. Mountain Lair with Kenny says Beanie Bishop could be the starter we are looking for. He could be Kenny. He could be. I definitely think he's going to factor into that competition, and I think you got a lot of good guys to compete for the starting spots on this football team. Personally, I got Montre Miller locked into one, so I don't got a competition on that side. Excuse me. But on the other side, I think you got a great competition between several guys that could potentially start for you there when you're talking about your highest red recruit in last year's class and Jacoby Spells. You're talking about a speedy guy in Andrew Wilson-Lamp who we saw late last year make some good plays. Even Malachi Ruffin, who's a preferred walk-on that really you know, started off struggling when he was forced into duty but had some good moments in West Virginia's victory over the two Oklahoma schools. And then you had Beanie Bishop as well. So you've got three to four guys that can really compete for a starting spot. And that's good because when you have that many, that means that no matter who earns that starting spot, not only are you going to have a good two deep at that spot, one of those guys can transition to the over to the other side and be in the two deep at the other cornerback spot as well. So you got four to five good bodies at corner right now. Um, good depth in the secondary at safety as well with some of the additions. So I think West Virginia has definitely made a concerted effort to improve the secondary. Hopefully it pays off, and I don't think they're done. Neil Brown, I think, will add at least one more body to the secondary via the transfer portal here throughout the spring and summer as we head into the fall. Shane Stadmiller says, Beanie Bishop, what a great name. Appreciate you, Shane, tuning in and chiming in, as always. But I agree 100%. Like I said, I'm a sucker for alliteration. You got Beanie Bishop as a corner. You got Montre Miller as a corner. And you got Keyshawn Cobb as a safety. Those are the three transfers West Virginia has brought in in the defensive backfield this offseason. I don't know if if somebody within the program is a sucker for alliteration like me, but it certainly seems like that, and it's going to sound good uh, rolling those off the tongue throughout the season, right? Uh, Matthew P. Zervis says, I'm old-timer, former Mountaineer mascot, WVU, 86-87. I thought that that name sounded familiar, uh, Matthew. Uh, indeed, I, I've seen you on Facebook before then. Uh, oh, that's so awesome, man. Appreciate you uh, being here indeed then. Uh, former Mountaineer mascot, that's awesome, from 86-87. I've actually got the – see if I can show it here on the stream. I don't know if the camera will be able to kick – I've got the Mountaineer tattoo. Yeah, you can see it a little bit there. Tattoo to my arm. I think this was uh, John Kimball that was the – uh, picture that the uh, tattoo artist used for for that tattoo there of the Mountaineer. So um, in a way, I've got uh, your effigy, I guess you could say, tattooed on my arm, Matthew. But that's pretty awesome that you are the West Virginia Mountaineer mascot. I'm definitely jealous of that. But got to love the longtime fans. If Mountaineer fans are nothing else, they're certainly loyal. But appreciate you being here, Matthew, as always. Kenny says he's 53, so right there with you. Uh, Kenny, man, you know, you're a longtime fan and one of the most loyal that I know as well. BJ says, great live show. Excited for this season. Appreciate you, BJ, always being here as well. Uh, thank you, man. That means a lot. I'm excited too, man. I'm getting more excited the closer and closer we get 
each addition that West Virginia adds just builds on that excitement. Each interview that I hear, of course, and, you know, by the time we roll around to August, I'll probably be sipping that golden blue Kool-Aid again, despite the fact of me saying early on in this offseason, I'm not going to do it. I'm out on this coaching staff. They sell me every season, and then it's the same thing. But I don't know, man. It seems like some things are really changing for the better, whether it be a completely new-look offense, seeming to do a better job in the transfer portal, transition to more what we like throughout Mountaineer Nation with – a running game and a running quarterback. Uh, there's a lot of things that got me excited indeed. So uh, regardless of if it bites me in the butt or if it pays off in the fall, I'm getting very excited and I'm going to be super excited each and every game. They're cheering them on and hoping for a successful 2023, BJ. Indeed, indeed. Sal says, yeah, turf does seem to lead to some knee ACL. Yeah, I think so too. I think it plays a big part. You've seen players come out and say that in recent years. And I think looking back, I believe it was Dana Holgerson's final season or the year before his final season when West Virginia lost, what was it, like six? Six linebackers all to knee injuries or something like that? Because by the end of that season and that uh, game, if I believe when we needed to beat Oklahoma to get to the Big 12 championship, we had like two walk-ons playing at linebacker or guys that were way far down the depth chart, had to move a guy from safety, things like that on that uh, Tony Gibson defense that year. And that's one of the – times I can remember it really biting West Virginia that year. And I know that their practice field is turf now as well. They transitioned it over from uh, grass not too many years ago. So I, I definitely agree. Uh, Blake Green says, this means Ben Cutter will have to step up. I think so too. I think so too. I think uh, Josiah Trotter was going to factor in as a reserve at Mike behind Lee Coba, but we've fortunately been hearing good things about Tyreek Austin Cave lately. So I'm glad to see his name finally come up. I think he'll be a great spot player there for Lee Coba at the mic position. But as you mentioned, at the wheel linebacker position, Josiah Trotter probably was going to factor in there along with Ben Cutter, Joffa Veras, and Trey Lathan. Although I expect Joffa Veras and Trey Lathan to kind of compete for possibly the starting job there, I would not be surprised at all to see Ben Cutter edge out whoever would end up on the two deep there at the wheel linebacker spot. He's a tackling machine. I think he's going to be a great player. He just has really good football IQ, just kind of one of those guys that's got the knack for the game, right? I've compared him to maybe like a Reed Williams or a Nick Kwiatkowski. I think he's got the archetype to kind of be that type of player for West Virginia moving forward. He's a true freshman this season, but I don't expect him to redshirt Blake. I think he's going to uh, play a role and step up as well. Silas says, count me out this spring. I have two little kids and a third due anytime. This season, I'll try to make the pit game. Hey, man, anytime you can get up there is awesome. You know, even if it's just for one game. I know there's been times I've, you know, only made it up there for one game. And like I said, when I was in Florida, I didn't make it up there for, you know, I think it was the, the 2018, 2019, and of course nobody really went 2020. So for about three years, I didn't get to go up to Morgantown at all. 2021 finally started to get going back again. I went to the away game at Maryland, went to a few home games, and then back full swing into it last year, more or less, getting to go to a few games. So I understand that, man. You know, always that's the one thing I always try and say your real life comes first, for sure, no matter what, no matter what, indeed. And the good thing about living in the day and age that we get to live in now as Mountaineer fans is every single game is going to be on TV. Even if you got to pay for ESPN Plus to catch it, you can watch it if you want to. So uh, that's the good side of that. Matthew Zerver says, passing the rifle on Friday to our new Mountaineer at the Mountain Lair. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's good to hear uh, Michael Hager. That's right. I think that's the name of the new one, right? Michael Hager, if I'm not mistaken. I know that was announced a little bit ago. I like his look. He's got the look. He's got the mullet. He's got the beard. Uh, I think it'll be a good one. I think it'll be a good one. So uh, excited to hear that, Matthew. 
Um, Blake Green says, I think this defense has three to five all Big 12 caliber players. I think so too. And I think that's one thing that the staff has talked about as well is that they've got a player that they feel like can be a leader and a standout at each level of the defense, right? Uh, defensive line, you're talking about Sean Martin, which shout out Bluefield High School, shout out the Bluefield Beavers, high school I graduated from. He's from the same one. Uh, but so I always got to do that when I mention Sean Martin, uh, Mercer County zone down here from uh, my neck of the woods. But you got Sean Martin on the on the defensive line. You got Lee Coba, who I think will be much improved this year and, you know, had some moments last year. I think he'll really come into his own this year. And then in the secondary, you got a guy like Aubrey Burks, who was the highest-graded safety in the entire Big 12 last season, according to PFF. Honorable mention Big 12 last season, if I'm not mistaken. So there's three right there that I think have potential. And then I've talked in the past about Montre Miller at corner. I think that he has that type of potential. That's how high I am on a guy like Montre Miller. So I definitely agree. Three to five range, I think it's there. Um, you know, Montre Miller I've talked about in the past. I know he comes from Kent State, but he has experience, again, at the FBS level. And if you look last season, go back and watch some of the highlights of the game in which Georgia played Kent State. We know Georgia blew out most teams last season, and surprisingly Kent State played them better than most teams, and Montre Miller did good against his matchup there in that game and has when he's played Power 5 competition in the past. Great grades on PFF, 800-plus snaps, never won pass interference penalty throughout his college football career. High hopes for Montre Miller as well. So I'd probably agree, Blake, three to five players with all Big 12-type potential on the defense. But Potential is one thing. Let's just see how they can perform when it comes to Saturdays because we've seen Sean Martin have success, and I believe that he will continue that, and I believe he'll be a big part this year. But in addition, he's also had success when he's had big-name guys there along the line with him. Now he's probably going to be the focal point. So we'll see what happens uh, along that line of with some of these guys, you know, that are now going to be the guys. So, uh, But I definitely agree the potential's there. The potential's there. Blake says, I got accepted into OT school and got to say your channel has been a big help getting me through constant hours of study and appreciate that a lot, Blake, man. That means a lot to hear that our YouTube channel is helping you out uh, do that. I know that's one thing that I, you know, if I'm doing something, studying, writing, whatever it is, I'm usually on YouTube or listening to a podcast. And so there's a ton that helped me and to hear that I'm one that helps someone else is kind of surreal to me, but I really appreciate that a lot, Blake. And Always going to try and continue to put out the content consistently for you to have something to uh, listen to or watch while you're studying there. So hopefully we continue to get you through and wish you the best of luck, man. But I know you're going to kill it. You got this, man. Um, Eric says, Mountaineer mascot, one of the best parts of WV tradition. Absolutely. One of the best mascots in the nation, too, because it's one of the very few that's not a guy in a costume. It's a real live mascot, real live musket. So it, it's awesome. Definitely got to agree with that one. Got to agree with that one. Uh, Kenny says, keyword strength and conditioning, very important. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I think you see some players that don't get to go through a full offseason really take a turn and have a great year on their second year. And I think you'll see that from some guys this season. You're thinking about Juco guys on the offensive side like Cortez Braham and um, Jeremiah Aaron's name escaped me there for a second. I don't know why. I love Jeremiah Aaron. I've been singing his praises. He committed – Last year, and I think he'll be a really good explosive player for the Mountaineers this season. A lot of times you see those Juco players have a great year their second year. That's because getting to go through a full off season, And I think that's also a big difference of guys that enroll early and are here for the spring, get to go through the summer uh, workouts versus guys that get here you know, late in the summer and just here for fall camp, you see them take a big hit, a big stride that second season. So, you know, that's one thing. Strength, condi strength and conditioning, indeed, very important. And that's one thing I want to point out in addition to, you know, Rodney Gallagher. I know it's a guy that we got a lot of high hopes for coming in 
this fall, this summer for the Mountaineers. Um, and rightfully so. He's what the sixth highest rated recruit in West Virginia football history. And uh, he's a guy that's going to play a part this season. They've already mentioned they've got plans for him. He's going to, He's going to, you know, have a role, and I and I fully expect that he may even end up as the team's starting receiver on the inside. But you know, you guys, we got to harp on our expectations. Let me share this with you guys real quick uh, before I get out here, get out of here momentarily. You guys, drop any final thoughts, questions, comments, concerns you got there in the chat. I'm gonna get up out of here before too long, but gotta share this with you guys, just in regards. One of the greatest Mountaineers of all time that we hear recruits talk about, that we talk about, of course, Tavon Austin, right? And when he came in. He was one of the higher-rated recruits West Virginia had landed as well. And despite that, even as a true freshman, he didn't make that you know much of a splash. So people, if you're expecting Rodney Gower to come in, have 50 catches, have 500 yards to 1,000 yards, it's probably not going to happen as a true freshman. Beyond that, we'll talk you know next few years. But coming in as a true freshman, that's few and far between, even for guys that have been really highly touted, like Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin, in his true freshman season, ran back a kickoff return for a touchdown. He was the team's primary kick returner. But look right here. This is his true freshman season, 2009. He only had 15 catches, 151 yards, one touchdown. Six carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown there as well. So, you know, even a guy like Tavon Austin, who's one of the highly, most highly regarded players in West Virginia football history, one of the highest statistically you know, if you're looking at the receiving stats, he's up there in about every category you look at. Even he, coming in as a true freshman, as highly regarded as he was, played a minimal role, was the team's kick returner and got in on a few snaps, only 15 catches, only six carries. So 21 touches on the season for a guy like Tavon Austin. Now, I think Rodney Gallagher is a guy that could maybe have 20 catches on the season. I think if you're talking about expectations for a guy like Rodney Gallagher, who's coming in, especially because he's not here as an early enrollee. He's not here in the spring. He's coming in a little bit later, so it might take him a little bit to get acclimated. But I think for a guy like Rodney Gallagher, I'm not saying he won't start for the Mountaineers. That's certainly something I could see potentially happen. I've talked about that in the past. I think he's got a great chance to maybe end up as one of the starting inside receivers for the Mountaineers. Maybe he is just such a, a freak and special guy that he – surpasses these expectations is one of the very few rare cases where a true freshman absolutely goes off. But I think just trying to hamper some expectations, I think good expectations for Rodney Gower this season is 20 catches maybe. If you see a guy like Tavon Austin at 15 and six carries. And I think if he has a starting role in the slot, he does his job and, you know, does everything well and ends up with 20, you know, 25 catches, you know, 200 yards. That's a great true freshman season. So, as highly touted as Rodney Gallagher is, just remember he's going to be a true freshman for the Mountaineers. And that goes for any true freshman, really, especially a skill position, especially offensive linemen. You really won't see too many offensive linemen playing as true freshmen anyway. They're going to redshirt, save for the very few special ones, the guys like that we've seen, like Zach Frazier, White, Milam, et cetera. But wanted to mention that, of course, as we're getting close to the end of spring football and we'll be close in fall, and I'm sure people's expectations will ramp up for, you know, highly regarded true freshmen, but they're freshmen, you know, they're 18 year old, 17, 18, 19 year old guys. So indeed, but 
Saul says, you maybe said this before, but I haven't seen your other two partners, Brad and Steven, I believe were their names. Yeah, Brad and Steven's still around. Uh, Brad was actually on the last football podcast we dropped, I think, uh, and we did a Christmas episode of where he was there. Uh, both those guys kind of going through transition periods in their personal lives, you know, over the past few months. Brad actually moving from West Virginia to uh, another state, and then Steven transitioning to a new job and then to a new location with his said new job. So both those guys have kind of been, you know, you know, unavailable at times I've been available. It's been hard to get schedules to coordinate, but they're definitely still around, going to be around more on the Q&A streams, hopefully here throughout the spring, maybe even on the spring game ones. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But definitely once the fall comes around, they'll be here on these Q&A streams probably weekly as much as possible and always on the podcast episodes. But appreciate you asking about them. Definitely still part of the channel, but don't want our you know schedules not lining up, eliminate us producing Mountaineer sports content for you guys still want to keep the content rolling on a consistent basis, whether it's me putting it out alone, them putting it out alone, whoever it is, whoever's face pops up here representing the country roads webcast. We just want to keep the Mountaineer sports content rolling for you guys and always have a place here with these live streams where we can come in chat WV together all throughout Mountaineer nation. But uh, appreciate you guys uh, reaching out. Uh, appreciate you reaching out about that Silas and appreciate you guys all tuning into this live stream, getting ready to wrap it up here in a second. Uh, drop a like before you head out. If you're in here a Live, drop a like if you're watching this on the playback. Be sure to subscribe to us here on the Country Roads webcast if you haven't already. Follow us on our social media. You see on the screen there's our Twitter at WVU Country Roads and then Facebook and Instagram, just Country Roads webcast, just like it is here on the channel. And if you like to listen to audio podcasts as well, you know we started as a podcast before we switched over to the YouTube side here. So you can find us on any podcast platform. I believe we're on. 10 to 12. So most of the major podcast platforms also just recently added out heart radio and Amazon music as well. So anything you're on, you can pretty much find us. Uh, if you listen to podcasts, any podcast platform there, just search country road webcast, subscribe us there. Be back again next week for another Q and a stream. As we get close to the spring game, about a week away now, I know as far as what's coming up for the team, they've got another scrimmage coming this Saturday in the stadium. I believe it's closed to the media, but Neil Brown will have a press conference following that scrimmage. So who knows, maybe I'll drop something in regards to the reports from that scrimmage prior to next week's Q&A. Be on the lookout for that. Other than that, definitely hope to see you back at next week's Q&A. If you were here live, if you got a chance to catch this on the playback, Come with us live next week. Tune into our social media or our YouTube channel for an announcement on when next week's Q&A stream will be. Or if you're listening to this on a playback on the audio side, hop over to the YouTube channel, sub us up, and definitely tune into our stream live next week where you got a chance uh, to chat with us. Kenny says, Mountaineer Nation, a bright future coming for us, which is most which is much deserved, definitely. Indeed, Kenny, much deserved, definitely. I appreciate you as well, Dad. He says he's always watching from Florida. Let's go. Mountaineers, indeed. And with that, you guys, I'll get ready to wrap it up. Appreciate everyone that tuned in here and chimed in, as always, and hope to see you guys back again with our next stream here on the Country Roads webcast channel and more of you tune in as well. If you catch this on a playback, maybe next week you get to tune in live with us and have a little bit more of a uh, discourse with us live as we chat with you uh, throughout the comments. But if you aren't in here live, if you're watching on playback, drop your thoughts on any of these news comments. Um, news topics, excuse me, in the comments. And I'll re reply to you there in text form. And then maybe next week we'll chat a little bit more live if you can uh, hop in the live chat. But appreciate you tuning into this. 
regardless if it's live, playback, audio version, whatever version that you tune into any of our content here on the Country Roads webcast, we truly appreciate you. You are the guys that make this all go and the reason that we're able to have the upgrades that we've been able to add here and and do better things and we continue and we hope to continue to be able to do that for you guys. Moving forward as we t- cover the West Virginia football season, moving through the spring here, just about a week left and then we'll continue throughout the offseason with transfer portal updates, roster updates, etc. here on the channel and of course podcast episodes of plenty from us here on the country roads webcast but really enjoy these live streams where i get a chance to interact with you guys here in the country roads webcast community and in now near nation and looking forward to the next one really enjoyed this one um be back again next week for another one we'll have another scrimmage to talk about with that one and who knows what we'll drop in the meantime and in between time but be sure check out the country roads webcast youtube channel check us out on podcast platforms for all of that good stuff twitter at wvu country roads facebook and instagram country roads webcast as well appreciate all of you guys uh being here tuning in chiming in all that good stuff and i'm looking forward to uh being back with you guys here again next week in a few short days spring football getting close to wrapping up it's been a great spring for west virginia plenty of storylines this week hopefully we'll have more to discuss again next week as we inch closer to the spring game and get to get our first look at the 2023 version of the west virginia mountaineers football team i'm excited about it as i'm sure all of you are are throughout mountaineer nation as well so getting closer to that about a week away now a couple more live streams coming from us here when we get there but Appreciate you guys. In the meantime, of course, as always, I'm Jordan Cruz. And until next time, let's go. Mount if you Europe. really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those.